right, I'm going to finish up the cohabitation series. This is part two, final part. N.AmericanKanky.com. Advantage, seven advantages of a live-in relationship. Ekaterina, December 28th, 2020. Ekaterina is the author. And I want to say that when I do these episodes or any episode, sometimes I may repeat, rephrase, reword, or re-explain. But it's not out of any negative reasons. It's out of driving home brilliant points, all right? Cohabitation has become very popular and common these days. As almost half of all marriages end in divorce today, most young people prefer live-in relationships to marriages. If you never consider a live-in relationship, check out some advantages of cohabitation. One, you have a free choice. When you are in a live-in relationship, you can always make a choice between love and career. The choice remains open and fair. When you are married, this choice is limited. Two, you can end it when you want. No matter how sad that sounds, it is the real truth. You don't have to file for a divorce and divide your property. You just move out if it doesn't go well. You would have fewer problems and feel less stress. Three, you have financial freedom. When you are in a living relationship, you share your money and often go Dutch. You don't open a joint account with your partner and don't have to give each other access to bank accounts. In a living relationship, you don't fight with your partner about money. Four, you get to know your partner better. When you start to live with your partner, you really get to know them better. Dating is a non-gross part. Living together allows you to get to know if the relationship is going to last. You don't always know the living habits of the person you date, right? Again, you don't always know the living, L-I-V-I-N-G, habits of the person you date, right? Right? Five, sex is always fresh. Sex is always fresh. Yeah. If you are bolder and you choose a living relationship instead of marriage, you're open to new possibilities and experimentation because that is the tone of cohabitation. When you are in a live-in relationship, sex is always fresh and new. Nude, new. I put the nude part in there. Six, you feel young. And that is true. I feel so young again. For a few reasons, a live-in relationship makes you feel young. You are free from all obligations and you feel like you can accomplish everything. That's one of the biggest advantages of cohabitation. Lastly, for this article 7, you get the best of both worlds. Finally, you get to enjoy the serene life of married people as well as the wonderful world of single people. You always have your partner to lean on, but you also have lots of space. It's great, right? Cohabitation should be the arrangement leading up to marriage if you want to have children or sure that your partner is the one. Do you know some other advantages of a live-in relationship? Share your thoughts, please. Seven benefits of being in a live-in relationship. Women's kitty. Relationship mantra. Blushing without the G.com. The trend of being in a living relationship is currently on its new high. This is no more a new term. In fact, most of the youngsters know very well about it and they discuss utter freely about this topic. When a couple starts living together before marriage, this type of relationship is known as a living relationship. Even today, this relationship is not considered good as per the moral terms. But those who live this relationship now very well about Okay, but those who live this relationship know very well about the dark and brighter sides of this um, alliance. Being in a living relationship can make the decision of getting married a bit easier. Many such benefits are there, so today we will discuss some benefits of living in a living relationship. Basically, when they talk about the dark side, they're talking about how some relationships may not work out and they end ugly. Um, 
it could cause contention between those who are accepting of living relationships and those who are rejecting of living relationships and all the tabloid behavior that those contentions could bring, right? Keep it simple. One, okay, here are the seven benefits of being in a living relationship I'm going to read to you now. One, you don't need to go to extreme lengths to meet each other. Ask the couple who's been staying away from each other since long. Most of the time of the year is spent traveling to meet each other. If your significant other is staying at your place, you will have a constant emotional support. You won't need to travel to another place for a day. Two, it will save money. Yes, it does. If your partner is not there to take advantage of your finances, if you live together and decide to share your expenses, then managing the finances would be easier. Three, a lot of sex. Did I just say there's so much fucking and sucking going along? I sure did, damn it. This is the best benefit of being in a living relationship. You don't have to crave physical intimacy as it is easily available within the four walls of your own home. Make yourself right at home at home. Wink. Four, you can know how your future would be with your partner. When you start living under the same roof, you get to know the minutest details of your partner. And so you will know how your future is going to be with that person. Five, there's a stability in your relationship. When you start living with your partner, your relationship moves to a whole new level. You will feel a stability in your relationship when you start living in a living relationship. Six, no legal issues in parting ways. Unlike marriage, you can mutually break off a relationship without any legal hassles. There would be no social stick but being called a divorcee. Seven, lastly seven. You get more time to spend with each other. When you start spending too much time with each other, the trust and the friendship between you and your partner increase by four folds. Being, being in a living relationship gives you an opportunity to strengthen your bond. I guess what they're trying to say, because I know sometimes the words are confusing, I think they're saying if you spend too much time with each other, also, um, what's the best way to put it? If you spend too much time with each other, it could cause friction. It could cause doom. Um, but if you don't spend, if you don't spend too much time with each other, I think they should say the trust and friendship between your partner is by fourfold. That's the best way to put it. Um, I'm just going on a roll. Let me keep going. So, I want to discuss something very important. Five benefits of going in for a living relationship with your uh, partner. Tanashri Roy, have you been wondering for a long time now if it is the right time to ask your other half to move in? Well, if you're still confused, we're here to help. Imagine, this was updated March 12, 2021. Imagine telling your parents that you are opting for a living relationship instead of jumping on the bandwagon of marriage. While some may be completely fine with the idea, most Indian parents' reactions range from anger to disbelief to denial. A living relationship is when two individuals living together with mutual consent without any boundaries of marriage. Many couples decide to opt in to live together when they want to spend more time together and try out living together before they decide to tie the knot. Not only it becomes a dry run for me, not only it becomes a dry run for your life after getting married, but you also get to know about the little nuances of living with your partner. 
The right to live a partner of one's choice is a necessary coincidence of the right to life of personal liberty guaranteed under Article 21 of the Indian Constitution. While marriage is more legal and socially accepted form of relationship between couples, the concept of living with their partner is catching up to today's youth. More and more couples are going to spend ample time together before taking the big step. So if you've also been wondering if you should take the next step in your relationship but are confused, we're here, we are here to show you all the pros of living with your partner in a living relationship. Five reasons to opt for a living relationship. One, get to know each other's compatibility. When you start living with someone uh, 24-7, you get to know each other's little habits and start figuring out if you can live with your partner. After you live with your partner, you can decide if this is the person and, and this is the life you would want after time. But not. Nah. Many even decide to opt for a live-in relationship and not get married. If they find they're not compatible, they can easily move on with making matters so legal if they choose. Um, two, no social pressures. With marriage comes a lot of pressure from society and even your family. Living relationships have no such roots holding you down, and hence, there are no social pressures. You have all the personal space you need without involving each other's family. Three, test for marriage. When a couple is married decides to split, there are a million things to look at. Right from the divorce agreement to the alimony to answering the never-ending questions of family members, there are many dimensions to look at. But in a living, if you do not find your partner compatible enough, even if you find out they are cheating, it is easy to walk out. Even if not emotionally, at least mentally, it's a much easier space. Four, financial burdens get sorted. Many couples fail to figure out how to many couples fail to figure out how to divide finance after marriage. Is the person supposed to be taking responsibility for the home or will they share? This problem, however, does not come when, a, when in live-in. You do not owe each other anything and hence you share finances equally and set financial boundaries. Five, deeper bonding. Many couples end up getting divorced simply because they got married when the sparks are flying. A live-in relationship gives you the time to create a strong bond and grow more fond of each other, giving you the time to take the next step after relationship has gotten more stable. Well, with so many pros, we hope you ask your partner to move in if you are ready. While Bollywood has not yet explored living relationships to the core, Kartik, Arwen, Aryan, and Kriti Sanon's Luca Chupi gives you a sneak peek into how society perceives living and how it actually can turn out to be. With more representation of the idea in films and web shows, we feel that it soon becomes a more talked about topic. Advantages of living relationships, seven reasons why you should go for it, team. Bonobology, live in an open. All right. So I just go for it now. Okay. It's September 2nd, 2021. When are you going to get married? It's one of the most common questions you get asked if you're a young adult in a relationship. However, in today's world, this question is perhaps not as relevant. This question is perhaps not as relevant as before. With the rising popularity of living relationships, more and more couples are deciding to stay together as partners without getting married. Thanks to Bollywood, cohabitation before marriage has seen a rise in popularity. Though still frowned upon by many, the advantages of a living relationship are many, so the idea finds acceptance for many young couples. What are the advantages of a living relationship? Well, being in a living relationship essentially means what is implied, living together without trying to not get married. For many reasons, such as testing compatibility or sharing expenses, couples prefer to live together as life partners without getting married. 
They share a home and financial liabilities have a sexual relationship, but without the legal obligations of marriage. The concept of living relationship is already quite popular and widely accepted in Western societies. Thanks to globalization great exposure to Western society, the practice of spreading its wings among the youth in more conservative societies as well. Of course, the rise in popularity isn't without a reason. Is a living relationship good or bad? Living relationships offer many advantages over marriage. Let's take a quick look, look at some of these. Uh, seven advantages of living relationship. Here we go. One, testing the waters. One of the primary advantages of a living relationship is that it offers a chance to test your compatibility with your partner. Most of us look great and behave well when on a date, but when we live with someone, we get to see the real personality of that person. That helps in making an informed decision as people can be very different when they live together than when they make themselves available for a few hours. If there's a lack of compatibility, it's better to find that out before getting married than after. Two, financially viable. A live-in relationship offers more independence, both legal as well as financial, than marriage. In marriage, most financial decisions are a joint exercise since both the partners have to live with that decision. In a live-in arrangement, one can decide how much one would spend, and the finances are mostly shared jointly. Plus, if a couple is keen on getting married later, they could save a lot of money by living together and plan something else with this money. This is one of the major advantages of a living relationship. Add to the fact that you can have each other's company when you want. Save so much on those cafe and dinner bills. Also, any of the relationship does not involve any legal procedures like divorce if you are living in with your partner. Three, equal responsibilities. Since marriage is a custom set by age-old practices of the society, responsibilities of marriage are often fixed by convention and not compatibility. I'm sorry, I, I misread that. Even though that bad, but that might be true. Let me reread it. Since marriage is a custom set by age-old practice of society, the responsibilities of marriage are often fixed by convention and not capability. So there will always be a debate between a living relationship versus marriage. Getting bogged down by such impractical responsibilities is very likely after getting married. Living relationships don't have any such drawbacks. Since the relationship is devoid of social customs, Responsibilities are based on needs rather than convention and are divided equally between the partners. The freedom that living with arrangements bring to a couple is very rarely offered by marriages. For respect. Due to their nature, living relationships are more volatile than marriage. However, this leaves a curious advantage to the relationship. Since both the partners know that either one of them can end the relationship without much hassle, they put in more effort to keep it going. Moreover, the lack of dependence on each other in terms of finance and social obligations makes each partner work harder at the relationship. Respect for each other and mutual trust is generally more in such relationships. Whether it is the insecurity that one may walk out or the freedom, both partners in a living relationship tend to take extra effort in making the other one feel special and loved. Now, where does this happen in a marriage? These are the advantages of a relationship. Five, free from the societal diktat, D-I-K-T-A-T. Live-in relationships are free from unnecessary societal norms and diktats. Again, D-I-K-T-A-T-S. Couples can go about their lives as they want to without thinking about unnecessary rules and conventions. One can maintain personal space and there is no need to make compromises than that being married often encompasses. There is no pressure pleasing anyone's parents or placing someone before you, and being free from a social legal bond lends a sort of independence and freedom to walk out any time one feels things are not moving the way they should. Six, freedom to walk out without the stamp of a divorce. So things don't work out and you feel like walking out. This is fairly easy when you're in a living a live-in arrangement as you are not bound by any legal or social obligation to stay together even when you are unhappy or as I like to say piss the fuck off and in a country like India where divorce is still a huge taboo and divorcees are looked down upon living arrangements can make it a tad easier to walk out of things that are not as rosy as you want them to be Devin
for this last for this arc of bonding on a deeper level. Some people who have been in living relationships feel that they have deeper bonding than those who jump into marriage as soon as the sparks fly. Because the burdens of commitments and responsibilities are not there, partners tend to appreciate each other for what they are and respect the struggles each one makes to make the relationship work. In a marriage, all efforts are taken for granted. That's what you're supposed to do. Those though living relationships do have some appealing and practical benefits over marriage, they're still a taboo in our country. And as with everything else, living relationships, you know, also have disadvantages in this article here. I'll just name them quickly. I named I named a little bit more. Um let's see. The issue of in some places you legally get nothing if a partner um, dies or um, in some places in the world it's much harder to take ownership of the partner's medical care if they are written with disease or they have um other life-threatening ailments. Those are the other things, but I'm pretty sure when it comes to living relationships, people find clever ways to overcome all the, in quotation, societal disadvantages of living relationships. Human beings are bright and human beings can figure out how to maneuver those things. People who really love each other, they will make sure that there are no disadvantages of their relationship. If they're truly loving each other all around, and if they're truly in love with each other all around, there's no such thing as disadvantages when it comes to living relationships. That's my personal Um... Living relationships are not illegal in India, although it often does bestow certain rights that come with marriage. But time and time again, the Indian judiciary has come up with landmark judgments that ratify the fact that India is open to the concept of living relationships. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna keep going with this. All right. Five five major advantages of being in a living relationship by three Chan Guha Niyoji. Last update is September twenty, twenty thirteen. Marriage is a legal and social union, the importance of which is increasingly becoming debatable in many young and modern minds. Couples now want to test their relationship and compatibility before tying the knot. While in some cases, the financial burden of a marriage is too heavy to bear, in others, couples are often not sure about each other and hence opt for a living relationship. But whether it is truly a solution or a problem disguised as one remains the real question. Well, this article is just an effort to understand some of the major advantages behind a living relationship. One, lesser responsibilities. Married couples share responsibilities of their families, finances, and societal duties. They are always striving to maintain a satisfactory balance in the society. However, not being a legal or social bond has its own advantages, says Nikita Juninja, name change, who has just entered in a living relationship with her boyfriend. Well, being in a living relationship, you don't need to make those necessary compromises, which are often important in marriage. You can share and divide your expenses. There lies no pressure of pleasing relatives and parents who can enjoy your personal space. Since you're already breaking society norms, then social dictates, C-I-K-P-A-T-S again, and pressure do not apply to you in your relationship. Two, low legal hassles. Not being a legal couple automatically 
Not being a legal couple automatically implies a relationship free from legal obligations. Divorce is an ugly possibility of marital ending, which can be a bitter and traumatic experience. A lived-in relationship completely eliminates the scope of all legal hassles related to ending an unsatisfying and suffocating marriage. Rena June Juala, a banker has been in a lived-in relationship for the past three years, says, Living relationship gives you an emotional advantage. Well, I feel that handling a breakup is definitely easier than going through the trauma of a messy divorce. I, 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 I was going to say shitty divorce or fucked up divorce, if you will. Three, financial freedom. One of the biggest advantages of living relationships is division of expenses where each individual is responsible for their own selves. Marriage brings in the added responsibility of maintaining joint financial ventures in dual banking operations where the couples always stay alert of their income and spending. Rahul Washar, who has been in a living relationship for a year now, says, Yes, I do love spending on my girlfriend, but I'm not being interrogated by her on my every move. Moreover, we both are even comfortable in dividing our bills. We enjoy our respective financial freedom. Four, test for marriage. In today's world where divorce lawyers are growing wealthy due to abundance of cases, it might not be a bad idea to test one in a relationship to see if it will work out or not. A live-in relationship helps you to assess your partner more accurately and honestly. A person can pretend to be something that they are not when they meet you occasionally during the courtship period, but no one can pretend or hide their true personality 24-7. Arun Nima Singh Chad, who got married to her boyfriend after being, a two -year, after being in a two-year-long living relationship with him, says you get to know each other a lot better and also develop instincts, which will be a big advantage if you two ever got married. Last for this article, five, mutual respect. Ankle Roy, Ankle Roy name change, who too is in a living relationship, says in a living relationship, both partners are truly equal, whether it's their freedom, whether it's in their freedom or in their insecurities. Both of them know that the door out is always open, so they will always make extra efforts to make their partner feel secure in their love and relationship. Well, she certainly has a point here. Since neither of the partners are dependent on each other financially, socially, or legally, they enjoy equal space and respect in their relationship. This would also tell you how loyal, compatible, and trustworthy your partner is. So I'm just going to keep going, doing an excellent job. So let me make sure that That I find, here we go, found it. Seven Golden Rules for Living Relationship, Team Phonobiology, August 25th, 2021. Are you ready to take your relationship a step further? Does living together sound exciting to you? If your answer is yes, then you're definitely heading in the right direction to start considering a living relationship. As a couple, you're probably tired of having spent a lot of time over mushy dinner dates and movie outings and trying to maximize your time together. You want to think about living together as it starts getting harder and harder to say bye and go back to your home without your significant other. You want the beautiful moments you spend together to be never ending and living together. It also gives you a glimpse of what your life would be like together if you decide to tie the knot. The best way to deal with the staying apart pain is to stay together and enjoy each other's company by being in a living relationship. But there are some rules for a living relationship. Are you willing to follow them? For couples madly, for couples madly in love, but fear permanent commitment, living seems to be the perfect midway. The two of you bound by love and not matrimonial rules can live it up and enjoy the perks of being a serious couple without the commitment. Thankfully, listen, relations are finally coming out of the closet in India, and our expert says it's legal. Young working couples can now opt for cohabitation and build their professional careers. 
The debate between religion, relationship, and marriage will always continue, but it's up to you to choose what you want. We know of a couple that was practically spending all their time together as they worked together, ate all their meals together, and attended social gatherings together. They just went to their respective homes to sleep. They were spending twice as much on rent and realized it made sense for them to lower their costs by moving in. However, this didn't work out for them as the woman was a neat freak that couldn't handle any dishes lying around the house, even for a few hours, and the man was lazy and a bit of a slob and had a system where he did deep planning once a week. This helped them realize their incompatibility issues and they eventually called it quits. Um, okay. I'll just read the several of the living relationship. In order to avoid being treated like a doormat, couples who decide to live together should follow a few living relationship rules. This will ensure that either of you doesn't burn your fingers while taking the risk of a living relationship. Moreover, these carefully set living relationship rules ensure that your relationship stays happy and amiable and enjoys most of it. 1. Decide to find print on finances. The two of you will now be running a house together. Before you move in, sit and design a plan for financial management. Decide who will take care of which expenses in order to avoid any confusion or chaos once you live together. The rules for a living relationship should be put down the moment you move in together. Two, divide the chores, divide the chores too. When doing the laundry, dividing up the house, both of you should divide the tasks to delegate equal responsibilities. Even figure out maids for cleaning and cooking to make things easier. With this sorted, the two of you can live peacefully, avoiding fights. Avoiding fights. Three, be clear on why you are taking this plunge. Like marriage, a living relationship is a big decision. Take it wisely and not in haste. If you have spent one or more years together, only then think of moving in together. Hey, or if it's shorter than one year and y'all are that compatible, have at it. Have clarity on why the two of you want to live in and whether this will lead to marriage at all. This way you don't move in with false promises and expectations. The rules for a living relationship will help you further. A lady wrote to us about how she will never regret her living relationship. I think that's fantastic. Four, in case of pregnancy, now that the two of you will stay together and share the same bedroom, this would mean sex at any time of day or night. Make sure... Y'all are using protection or using pop pills to avoid unwanted pregnancy. In fact, before living in, set guidelines for situations when you accidentally become pregnant and will be the next course of action. Five, sorting out trouble together. Initial few months of living in would be nothing less than a honeymoon. That's something to be mindful of and to avoid Make sure y'all are that compatible where y'all keep the honeymoon phase going even after years over, the months over, the days are over, any time is over. You have to keep the honeymoon phase going. Married and unmarried, live relationship or not live relationship, keep the honeymoon phase going all day, every day. Kind. Decency and well treatment of each other selves. Once the charm fades for some relationships, there would be fights, arguments, and irritations. Now make sure there's no irritation so big that y'all can't stand each other and, and, and it's over. Make sure y'all don't pick the type of person or be that type of person where that could happen. Now as for the arguments. I don't think it's wise to yell at each other because if you yell at your partner, why would it be wrong for somebody else that's not you to yell at your partner? If you cuss your partner out, why would it be wrong for somebody else that's not you to cuss your partner out? Think. And fights. If y'all are name calling each other, why would it be wrong for somebody else that's not you to name call your partner? And then, if somebody is violent towards your partner, but you're violent towards your partner too, how's it wrong for that person's violent towards your partner? So you gotta 
the moral consistency, right? Moral excellence requires um, repetitive um, integrity. As a couple, you should know how to deal with them calmly. Do not make the mistake of taking a harsh decision and ending it all for a petty fight or petty disagreement. Agree to disagree as long as the relationship is not murdered. Um, learn to kiss and make up to keep the flame of love burning. Six, give in to desires and fantasies. Make mutual consent, mutual enthusiastic consent. Thank you. The sheer joy of living in is the idea of exploring sexual fantasies and, and sexual desires. People should make the most of this time by playing into their desires. People too should be open to experimenting and spruce up their lovemaking skills. With no bond or rules, couples can go crazy making out and exploring sexual fantasies. Good sex always helps in keeping you cheerful and happy at work too. Seven, keep a time limit on living in. Having decided to cohabitate, couples must also keep a timeline on the duration of their stay together. You cannot go on living in a relationship if you have marriage on your mind. For those who are comfortable living in, might do, but then be prepared to face raised eyebrows or pestering questions. You can set boundaries with those raised eyebrows or pestering questions. Assertiveness techniques come in handy. This is, de this is deadline. This is deadline should be the most important living relationship role for you. Now, if y'all want to just cohabitate together and never get married, but y'all just that and that compatible with each other, I'm all for that too. Um, is living relationship legal in India? Um, we have a comprehensive guide for you, which has been put together by our legal team. It will answer all your questions ranging from whether can couples from separate marriages come together and live in to do the couples find it hard to rent a flat together to if it is possible for partners to live in if to if it is possible for partners to live in relationships to lodge formal complaints of domestic abuse but if you set down the rules for living in as a couple you will have a comfort system in place after that who cares about the raised eyebrows and after that who cares about the pestering questions right so that's okay. Here are the okay. The bottom line is that each the bottom line is that the two of you are in a relationship. So just like any married couple, as a living couple, you two will have your set of challenges. So the two of you are not married. When two people live together, they're different too. Let's start positive. Let's look at the pros of living together. No more goodbyes after you get to. No more goodbyes as you get to sleep together after dinner or movie dates. Share the first cup of tea or coffee and watch the sunrise together. Cook each other meals and throw in surprises to show that you care for each other. Live like couples without the tag of being married and committed. Freedom to do things without anyone invading your privacy. You can share the finances, the rent, the bills, and save up too. In case you plan to get married in the future, you get to know what life would be like post-marriage. Living together will truly test your compatibility, both mentally and physically. Now, here is what conservative society will say about living relationships. Conservative society says these are the cons of a living relationship, okay? Conservative society, I'm not saying it, they are. According to Conservative Society for the last time, here are their here are their mentalities towards living relationships. After a breakup, there are fewer chances of coming together if there is no bond or commitment. Either of you may cheat on one another, which might lead to heart heartache. Families don't stand by in case of a fight or argument. Very little support from society per se, especially for women. The stigma being labeled for life in case of pregnancy, the guys need to walk out, leaving the woman to deal with their own loan. You cannot inherit each other's property unless everything is legally put down in the will. In case of a serious illness or death, families can take over. Next partner leaves the side of complete. They will have no legal claim to stand by a partner. It is up to the couples to make it work to enjoy the benefit and minimize the issues or get rid of the issues if you can. That is where it becomes important to plan and agree on some rules that neither partner feels taken for granted, as is evident. Living relationships have their own set of challenges and advantages. 
So I disagree with conservative side when it comes to all of their disapproval and living relationships. I am all for living relationships, whether the partners end up getting married or never getting married. I'm all for. I just want them to be all around compatible or compatible in the areas that they absolutely require compatibility. And those are have the right to my perspectives. So what's this, you know? Mama's done people. So nine big benefits living together before marriage. When two people fall in love and are committed relationship, the topic of marriage may very well come up. After all, what better way to prove your mutual adoration and devotion is to exchange vows promising to love, honor, cherish each other forever? Well, those vows are a lot easier to keep if you sort out beforehand whether you can cohabitate harmoniously. I mean, what could be worse than marrying someone, moving in together, and discovering that they get drunk and abusive when stressed out? Whew. Assholeism. Jackassness. Those words just come to my mind naturally. That's just pure hell. That's hella fucked up. I just felt like cussing. It's just, it's, it's just, that's just how the fuck I feel, damn it. <laughs> or that they're reckless with money, leaving mutual bills unpaid, and leaving the financial burden on your shoulders. There are many benefits of living together before marriage, even if it's just for a little while. Below are the top nine reasons to consider doing so. One, you get to determine what you're actually compatible with. One thing to spend Friday nights together and attend events as a couple. It's another thing entirely to share a living space. People tend to be on their best behavior when they're dating as they're trying to make the best impression possible. It's easy to smile and be charming and wear certain personality masks for a few hours a week. A person's true colors forever come out over time. It's especially true of their stressful situations to contend with. If you live with someone before making a commitment to marriage, then you may discover some really unpalatable truths about their character or their lifestyle choices. Are they content to live off you without contributing financially? Are they unhygienic? You may find out that they snore too loudly for you to be able to handle, or your morning rituals may be too perky and annoying for them to deal with. We all have habits that we cultivate over years, rituals that soothe and comfort us, but that doesn't mean the two people's habits are compatible. If your Saturday morning habit is to leap out of bed to go out for a run, and your partner likes to rest in a pillow pile until noon, that can be negotiated so you're both fulfilled. In contrast, morning ritual involves blasting rap at 6 a.m. so you can do your CrossFit routines. All they want to do is rest. That's going to cause a whole lot of conflict. A hell of a lot of conflict. Two, it may uncover potential deal breakers. As mentioned above, people are on their best behavior when getting, to know new, when getting to know new people. Even if you date for years, you may not fully know someone if you only ever see them a few times a week. So another advantage of living together before marriage even crosses your mind is that you may discover aspects of how they live that are just too awful to handle. Let's say your partner claims to like animals. Once you live together, you discover that they're cruel to your pet. Or you find out that their tendency to get inebriated at parties also manifests as drinking themselves to sleep night after night. You may even find that they have anger issues that manifest as explosive, abusive rants, or heavens forbid it, physical violence. There are countless different deal breakers that may only reveal themselves once you've been living together for a while. It's better to learn about these as early on as possible so you don't find yourself in excruciating situations such as dependent with children that will be far more difficult to leave. Three, you'll discover whether your intimacy is a hearth fire or wildfire. One of the most amazing things about a new relationship is the fire of intimacy that burns between two people. Once you're comfortable enough with one another, then you can have real sexual openness. You'll likely revel in each other's bodies for hours at a time, days even. Months even, years even, decades even. But is this passion sustainable? An intimate connection can be as incendiary as a wildfire, 
consuming everything around it but then fizzles out quickly. In contrast, another flame may be slow, steady, and sustained. Basically, an ember that can glow in a hearth pretty much forever. Yes, intimacy inevitably ebbs and flows over the course of a relationship. There will be undoubtedly be times when you're more platonic and other times when you're devouring one another. But if you lose sexual interest in each other within a couple of months of cohabitation, you need to ask yourself whether you really want to stay in self-soothing platonic land for the next 50 years. For it will show naysayers that you are a united couple. Not all relationships are supported by family and friends. In fact, you may have come across powerful resistance from your loved ones if you're dating someone was another race, religion, or gender than they approve of. They may have even gone so far as to try to break you up so you could be with someone they would prefer. Moving in together shows them that you have each other's backs and are united front against whatever they're slinging. And I would say that they have other reasons for why they don't approve. It could be because of their politics, because of their sexual orientation, because of their gender identity, because of their sex characteristics, because of their temperaments, personalities, and so on and so forth. When it comes to some families and some friends. To say that you're in a relationship is one thing. People can remain in denial about it all they want. Once you're sharing a living space, that's a big wake-up call for them about how serious you are. Five, cohabitation allows positive and negative personality traits to shine forth. Living together might make you fall in love with your partner even more as you discover that they're even more awesome than you first realized. You may find that they do really sweet, thoughtful things at home, or their actions really bring out the best in you in turn. In contrast, many people have to, have to extricate themselves from marriages to narcissists, kick themselves for not having seen their spouse's horrible personality traits before they exchange vows. The truth is that it could take a year or more for narcissists to show the darker aspects of their personality, sometimes shorter in some cases. They only allow their charming facade to slip under pressure or someone else comes along who captures their interest. If you rush into a marriage with a person who's too good to be true, there's a good chance they actually are. So another reason to give yourselves a good year or two of solid cohabitation to determine how authentic that person's being. Hey, there exceptions to the rule. Some people have it shorter and it ended up the way it ended up, right? The result. Only once the honeymoon period has passed, we really understand whether they're able to have a happy life together. Again, keep the honeymoon phase going all day, every day. Work. Ethic. Work. Ethic. Work. Gotta work. That's why I say work ethic. Six, you'll be able to establish good shared habits. It could take a long time for a couple, or a short time, all couples are the same, to get to a good working group together. And it's better to get that sorted out well before you keep each other over the nuptial threshold. Living together before marriage allows you to encourage one another's best traits and work together to create routines and habits that benefit you both. People who live alone often get lazy by the foods they eat often for quick convenience rather than health. When you live together, you'll be able to pull finance for higher quality groceries and explore different recipes together. That's not true for all couples, some. You'll likely also encourage one another to get into healthier exercise and sleep routines and also coordinate time with other friends, hobbies, etc. That way, once you're married, or even if you're not married, You've already gotten the bumps smooth and have paved the way for a far more comfortable partnership. Uh, seven. It's a trial run for long-term life together. Actions speak a lot louder than words ever do. And the way a person pays after you've been living together for about six months will give you a solid idea of what they do after several years. For some people, it's shorter. Not all couples are the same again. You might have spent weekends together or gone camping for a week, but that's very different from regular day-to-day life. Living together allows you to see what this person is like long term. Do they step up and do their share of the cooking and cleaning, or do they abdicate their responsibilities and let you take care of it? Are they diligent about picking up after themselves? What about paying bills on time? When you live when you live together before making a lifetime commitment to do so, you have an idea of whether you can in fact cohabitate harmoniously. If you can negotiate problems early on and find solutions together, great. In contrast, if every issue is met with hostility, then that's a big red flag to consider. Eight, moving out is cheaper and easier than divorce. Sure, everyone loves the energy and delight that bubbles up at a wedding. Of all the celebrations we can take part in over the course of our lives, weddings hold the most joy. After all, they're celebrations of love, devotion, and potential. 
they're also usually quite expensive. And if you think marriage is costly, divorce would be worse. Depending on how long you've been married, you won't only have to deal with legal fees to process your divorce. You may also contend with property division, shared child care costs, spousal support, and a myriad of other expenses. If you cohabitate with your partner before getting tied up with all the legalities associated with marriage, and you two determine that you're just incompatible long term, one of you can just move out. Or as I would feel like saying, one of you can just move your asses the fuck out. Move your ass the fuck out. <laughs> move the fuck out. <laughs> uh, nine, you may decide that you prefer to live alone. If you've never lived with a partner before, cohabitation for marriage may show you that you know what? You really prefer to live by yourself. Some people that's experiences, other people that's not their experiences. Just saying. That doesn't necessarily mean that the relationship has to end. There are many different ways to negotiate different living situations that can keep everyone happy. I knew one couple who bought adjacent townhouses and lived next door to one another very happily for decades. Last I heard, they were still together, content with their own spaces, and completely committed to one another. And hey, if you're happy living alone, that's absolutely okay. It's better to be honest about it early on than break up a family dynamic seven years down the line. The ninth, the ninth benefit to pretty living alone, that's happened in marriages too. So, yeah, let's be honest about that. Anyway, there are undoubtedly some people who have a list of cons compared to society about living together before marriage. They would even say that some of the benefits listed above are actually cons because they might lead to the breakup of the relationship, conservative society. But if a relationship is going to fail upon cohabitation within after marriage, and subsequent shared living arrangements, anyone. Um, that's happened for some people, not everybody. Or worse, one or both partners might feel trapped in an unhappy marriage, unable to leave for a variety of reasons. Some people, that's unfortunate. It seems naive and irresponsible for couples to expect that marriage will make cohabitation and stress free magical experience. It really won't. Uh, it takes time for all the facets of people's personalities to reveal themselves only by living together for a solid period of time before exchanging vows where they have determined whether you can handle living together or ever. Whew, I am almost done, people. Almost done. Whew. I got two more. Bear with me. Uh, five serious advantages living together before you, before you get married. YourTango.com by Jillian Kramer. If you're ready to shack up before you say I do, shacking up, shacking up. I just felt like saying that randomly. You may be getting an earful from friends or family members who think you should wait for marriage to move in together. Tradition is strong, says April Massini, relationship expert and advice columnist. Many people are still the first generation to live together and whenever you break tradition, you've got questions to answer and judgments to be passed. There are serious advantages to bucking tradition and living together before you tie the knot. Here are, here, here are experts share five so you can make the right decision for you. One, you get familiar with quiet, I'm sorry. One, you get familiar with chore play. In case you haven't heard, sharing household responsibilities such as the dishes and laundry is the hottest form of foreplay. Cheryl Sandberg says so. When you live together before you tie the knot, you have the chance to experience sharing those chores and their respective benefits, says Jane Greer, PhD, relationship expert and author of What About Me? Stop selfishness from ruining your relationship. Not only that, but you can problem solve and collaborate as partners in terms of finding a fair balance. She says, rather than wait to work, that out after the wedding. Two, you can see what marriage will really be like. Let's face it, marriage isn't all romance, Miss Simmons says. Many couples don't understand the mundane day-to-day living involved in a long-term commitment, and living together before marriage gives them a chance to try out, try on this commitment before sealing the deal with a marriage. By, by living together before you tie the knot, boring everyday life won't take you by surprise. No matter how mature, how educated, and how experienced you may think you are, the day-to-day living in a long-term committed relationship is less romance than it is managing two lives combined, Masini says. Three, you discover whether your living habits are compatible. When you live together before you get married, you find out whether your neat freak self can really stand to share close quarters with your disorganized and often messy partner. You'll find out how tolerant you can be as well as how upset 
you each get at your various differences, points out Greer. Your lifestyle habits extend past your waking hours, though. And living together also means learning to sleep together. You can learn to balance and adapt to each other's sleep schedules, Greer says. You can start to figure out options for handling your differences and needs and how this will affect your sexual life. Example, setting aside time for sex if you're on opposite schedules. Or you get intimate with your partner's spending habits. As Missini, your spending habits never seemed to be an issue when you were dating. But living together brings money to the forefront. From who pays for what to how you split your bills, getting familiar with your finances will tie the knot and save you from financial fights in the future. Learning about each other's money habits and values often happen when you live together, Missini says. This is invaluable information. If you take three extensions on tax returns and decide to blow them off for a year because you probably won't get caught any and they file in February of every year, you've got some uh, you got some ground to cover as a couple that you probably didn't know about before living together and you should before marrying. Five for this article. You can beat one another's sexual appetite, says Gary. You have the opportunity to see what your sexual appetites are once you're together all the time. Once you live together, you're able to be sexually intimate every day if you like. And if you don't want to get down every day, she says, it's good to learn that before you tie the knot. You get to know each other's level of desire and find a balance in terms of frequency. So you both feel good about your sexual life together, Gary says. <sighs> Lastly, this article, and I'm done. Living together but not married, consider a cohabitation agreement. This is kitlinger.com. Couples who love and support each other but who don't intend to walk down the aisle could benefit from setting some important issues up front. It could save a lot of heartache and legal fees later on by Robert Cole, JDLOM, December 3rd, 2020. If one, if you're one of the growing number of Americans who are in a relationship with living with someone, a cohabitation agreement might not be top of mind, but it should be. You might ask, why should anyone go to the expense of paying an attorney to draft a cohabitation agreement when they're just living together? The answer is simple. Even if you're not wealthy, you likely have financial time or other concerns that should be addressed in the event you break up or one of you dies. Though it might not be romantic, research shows that non-married couples might like to go their separates after living together, especially in especially in a relationship. Um, I think that's biased research because again, that doesn't address every couple situation. What type of couples were these non-married couples? Y'all focusing on the ones that didn't work out, but y'all need to be doing non-biased research on the cohabitating couples that are working out just fine. To me, that's conservative research that is just not true for a lot of cohabitating couples. The appeal of cohabitating. Some couples like the flexibility of cohabitating as it gives them a chance to get to know their partner and then decide if they want to move toward marriage. And despite the many financial advantages of marriage, such as lower taxes, potentially larger retirement, and social security benefits, people are cohabitating more than ever before. I think people who love each other can eventually find ways to work around those things legally. Because when you really love somebody again, are there really such things as disadvantage? No, because both of you are deciding, hey, we will find creative ways to care for each other and each other's legacies, no matter what. Even in death, we will find ways to make sure that one of us is cared for, that families are cared for. People figure out, people are bright, again. According to the Pew Research Center, the number of cohabitating couples climbed 29% from 2007 to 2016. There are several reasons for this. People over 50 who are the fastest growing age group opting to live together rather than marrying want the benefits of an intimate partnership without the legal constraints that marriage involves. In contrast, millennials prefer living together to focus on their careers before settling down. Many want to establish a strong foundation for marriage. And you have a lot of millennials who do not want to be married but they want to live together and enjoy their romantic and sexual relationship and have all the intimate partnership benefits that legal constraints that marriage involves for a lot of millennials too. Gen Zers, same thing. You have Gen Zers who want to have a strong foundation for marriage, folks in the careers, live together before settling down. You have Gen Zers who say, nope, I want to cohabitate, enjoy my romantic sexual relationship, and never get married. Hey, everybody's different. Diverse, right? 
What is a cohabitation agreement? Why is it necessary? A cohabitation agreement is a contract between two people in a relationship and live together but are not married. Good cohabitation agreements are ideally crafted early on and deal with issues involving property, debts, inheritances, other estate planning considerations, and healthcare decisions. As your lives become more intertwined, it can be more complicated and expensive to resolve these issues if there is a breakup or if you or your partner passes away after living together for many years. There are several things that a cohabitation agreement should include and those details will depend on your circumstances, age, and levels of wealth. People who are older generally have more assets and more complex financial lives and are more likely to benefit more from protection provided by a cohabitation agreement. The agreement needs to make detailed provisions for the property that your partner have now, the property might acquire in the future, and the dispositions of it in the event of one of your deaths or a breakup. They should discuss who's responsible for retirement savings and how they would be divided, healthcare directives and issues involving your children or children from previous relationships. They should also discuss the earning capacity of each party and the expectations surrounding financial support for one another. Some grapple with whether they should invest time and money to a cohabitation agreement. Keep in mind that cohabitation agreements can be inexpensive compared to the potential legal fees if there's a breakup or a death with no agreement in place. Cohabitation of common law marriage rules. Addressing the nature of a couple's relationship is also imperative to a, to a cohabitation agreement. The agreement should make clear that the relationship is one of love and support, but the parties do not intend to marry. This is especially important in a small number of states that recognize common law marriage. If you merely want to cohabitate, you need to be mindful of the rules surrounding common law marriage so there is no confusion about whether you might end up in one. In most states that recognize that there are four common requirements to establish a common law marriage, you must live together, have the capacity to marry, you are not married to someone else, intend to be married, and hold yourselves out to friends and families being a married couple. I think in some places they're not intended to be married, but they practically are in the eyes of many people because of how they treat each other. In crafting cohabitation agreement, both parties should agree that the following things are not evidence of a common law marriage. Jointly owned property, making each other's parties to, to the other's estate, commingling funds, naming the other party on the other's health insurance, and joint ownership of the residence. It should also clearly state that both parties have no intent to marry now or be common law married in the future. Normally, if a couple then decides to marry, the cohabitation agreement is no longer legally binding. Hmm, these are interesting. If they want to be common law married in the future, then let them do that. Hey, that's my view. Cohabitation details to consider. In most states where cohabitation agreements are legal, they need to be entered into freely with no duress, and your partner should understand everything in the agreement. Formal disclosure of finances in the form of balance sheets or income statements is usually unnecessary. The agreement should address the state slash country residing in the law you want to apply. Ideally, both you and your partner should have your own attorneys help you with the agreement to make sure the contracts comply with state law and ensure they accomplish your joint intentions and drafting. Hey, if they can have the same attorney and it doesn't cause a dent in their relationship, I don't see why not, right? A cohabitation agreement should be distinguished from a prenuptial agreement. While the former is designed to order the affairs of two people who currently do not want to be married, a prenup is an agreement two people enter into to organize their finances before they get married. Both agreements should be drafted by an attorney, but a prenuptial agreement is more complicated and will require much more time, effort, and detailed disclosure of finances by both parties. Each couple has to decide for themselves, ideally in consultation with an attorney, whether it makes sense to create a cohabitation agreement. Bottom line, you should consider drafting one if you have significant interests that need to be protected. You have to weigh the benefits of the peace of mind that an agreement can provide. Oh, that's it? Wow. This article is written by percent of views of our contributing advisor, not the Kip Lender editorial staff. Okay, wow. And besides, you have people cohabitate who are heterosexual, cisgender, people cohabitate who are of all sexual orientations, all gender identities, and all sex characteristics, all right? The entire human diversity uh, cohabitates. Some people do, some people don't. Some people cohabitate forever. Some people end up getting married. I support both 100%. And if I was in a relationship 
marriage would be optional. If the partner was like, I want to cohabitate, eventually get married, I'd be cool with that. If the part, my partner said, I want to cohabitate and never get married, I'm cool with that because those aren't deal breakers. Those aren't things I have to do. I'm talking about being married and the, uh, what comes along with being married. Marriage is optional for me. Um, having children would be optional for me. Having an offspring, one, is, would be optional for me. Pet owning, um, that would all be optional for me. Those are options. If they wanted to say, hey, I want to be with you, I know we're not married, but let's, you know, start creating a family, I would be cool with that. Or if they said, well, I want to live with you, have our sex, be together, move in, and um, make sure we have all of our advantages of being together and then have children, that would be cool too. Be cool too. Um, if they want to have children after marriage, that would be cool. But if they're like, well, I still want to make love to you on our marriage, that would be cool too. That'd be cool too. Um, that's how I feel. Those things have always been optional to me. I really don't care, right? <laughs> At all. So, those are my statements. Thank you for listening.